Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Having funlessness with Jen Kirkman. I'm not going to say episode 343 because this really isn't. So don't, before you fast forward and throw your cassette tape recorder on the ground all upset, this, this week is a rerun. But listen, I've had a microphone issue. I need to get a whole new setup. I'm very busy, uh, preoccupied with a writing project. Everything is just crashing in on me this week. And I do not have the time to put together an episode to my liking with video and with everything. But I was going to, because I haven't taken a week off from an episode, I think in well over a year, I was going to post a rerun uh, last week on July 4th. And, you know, as you know, not everybody in the world, not everybody in America celebrates July 4th. I don't. But technically, before a pandemic, it used to be the long weekend. And every other podcast that I love, oh, they take that week off. So I have no podcast to listen to. I don't want to do that to you guys. Especially if you don't have any time off and you'd like to listen to some podcasts. So I'm doing it the week after. But what's fun is... So here's how it's going to work. Patreon people, I'm really sorry. You're not getting a one-hour video this week. You are getting a video of this as we talk, and it's very slapdash. I'm literally laying in bed. But um, you will be rewarded with um, a live chat this month. So there you go. And... The episode I'm repeating is from June 2013, seven fucking years ago. And this episode is, I think it's like the 10th episode. And it really starts to hone in what I was getting at with this podcast, which obviously isn't what we talk about every week, but it's the overall oeuvre, which is what seems fun. And this is, in this episode, I read a few listener emails where people weigh in on things that they like to do that other people think is stupid and things that they think are waste of time and stupid that other people like to do. So I talk about my things that I love. <laughs> I talk about how and when bottle service is fun, when it's okay to go dancing, when that's fun. Actresses who are fake and go, I'm such a nerd, I'm such a dork, I don't go out, but they really do. Getting car sick. God, I feel like this episode was just yesterday because I talk about throwing up on someone's front lawn. <laughs> so it really fucked with my head when I re-listened to it to make sure it was all good to go. You know, just to make sure, did I do any blackface in that episode? That's coming up a lot now for people in comedy. That's a joke. You can't do audio blackface. I guess I could. I could do blackface and go, I have blackface on you guys. In case anyone's like, what is she talking about? A lot of sitcoms right now are removing episodes where characters did blackface. Uh, 
Why is that a thing anyone ever thought is funny? I don't know. Anyway, oh God, I'm boring myself. So I hope you enjoy this episode. And if you don't, well, I've grown since then, since 2013. The one thing I hate about this episode is my voice is so bad. I was in the middle of my vocal issues that I didn't really know I had. I didn't know I had the reflux. I didn't know I needed this specific surgery because stuff was dripping right onto my cords. I wasn't on my acid reflux diet, so it's very frustrating for me. I can hear myself not being able to hit certain notes. And actually, what's been frustrating is my voice is like that again, a little bit. Not too bad. I'm seeing my ear, nose, and throat doctor who helps me with dietary stuff. He lives in New York. We've been doing video Zooms. And I'm back on a more restricted diet, but I feel like it's not working. And I'm I'm feeling that I've got to go way more strict, go back to my steaming every day. I just don't have that full range and a lot of it's breath control as well. And I just got to get rid of that reflux. So anyway, yeah, my voice is bugging me again. So I'd actually like some time off from talking because I am doing a lot of projects, unpaid of course, but that involves a lot of pitching, a lot of meetings. I'm on the Zoom. I'm doing this. and It's too much. I need a little less time talking. So I need to regroup, um, but also I want to take a week off anyway. So there you go. Enjoy this episode. For anyone listening at home or listening that isn't a Patreon subscriber, I will still have my 20-minute bonus episode on Patreon this week. I will be talking about how Vanilla Ice thinks he's doing a concert in Austin. What is he doing? So... That will be fun. So anyway, join my Patreon, patreon.com slash Jen Kirkman. Anywhere from $5 a month all the way up to 40 And I guess that's all I've got to say. You'll notice there's a different ending theme song. It's a Morrissey song called A Song from Under the Floorboards, which is actually, actually a cover song. I I forget the band's original name by the time I hit stop. I'll remember it. I feel like their original, the band that originally did the song is called Television or something. And uh, there you go. So enjoy this week's episode. It's an oldie, but there's no way you remember this from 2013. There's no way. You don't even remember what you heard last week. So don't get all upset. It's technically a new episode. (laughs) until next week's real episode have fun blue jean i just met a girl named blue jean Sorry. Hi, this is Jen Kirkman. I Seem Fun, the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast. They always let you down when you need them. Oh, blue jean. Is heaven any sweeter than blue jean? I never knew this was the lyric, by the way. She got a police bike. Until today, June, whatever, 2013, did I know he was saying she had a police bike? I never thought about, I didn't know what he said. It wasn't that I was getting the lyrics wrong and said I never knew. I've just been sitting in my place listening to David Bowie today while I unpack. I used to think it was Blue Jean Can Zip Me, but it was Blue Jean Can Send Me. Send Me is a, a lyric they use a lot in older songs like 50s and 60s songs. My parents always had the, um, oh, this lyric. I'm gonna get the faculty together. When I was little, you all know you thought it was gonna get the fucking thing together. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you didn't have a a dirty mind like I did. But um, am I gonna get arrested for playing music on a podcast? I don't even know if you can hear this because I don't know how to pause and edit because I can't. She got lioness? Oh, I thought it was... 
Oh, she got Latin roots. I think I used to think it was Latin. Anyway. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I've lost my mind. Anyway, send me is like a, um, you know, you send me like you're sending me to heaven and not heaven. Like you, you're murdering me. <laughs> if that's what people said when they were getting killed. No. Oh, you're sending me to heaven. Oh, I am so much more awake than I was last night when I tried to record this very same podcast and listen to it today. And it sounded like the Michael Jackson tapes from when he was on propofol. And he was like, Anyway, what I'm trying to say is send me is an old expression, kids. You send me, I don't, darling, you send me, honest, you do. So that is maybe what he means by blue jean. But I think zip me actually makes more sense because he's talking about, I mean, he's not talking about jeans, but I think it would be, zip me would be a cute way of saying send me. But what I'm, I'm not going to, it's not up to me to tell David Bowie how to do his thing, which I think he's been quite successful at. But people always have suggestions. People suggest things to me on Twitter. Why don't you get a co-host or can I be a guest on your podcast? Which I don't know what people have not figured out by now that the point of this is that I lay in bed when I have spare time and talk into a thing. But yeah, what, what, how about a stranger from the internet comes over specifically in my bed? Are you people crazy? Ugh. Anyway. I know you want to hear the one I recorded. I'm going to talk about the same things. It just was very unorganized and it, it wasn't, it, it wasn't worth your time. It's there. You really won't enjoy it unless you like listening to someone who's falling asleep. So here's the deal. The app, the, um, Oh, first of all, my favorite thing is, I, so I call this podcast. I seem fun. Now, do I like to go to parties? Yes. Do I like to get dressed up? Yes. Do I like boys? Yes. Are all those things a part of my life? Yes. Do I sometimes go out and get drunk? Yes. Do I sometimes stay out later than I intended to? Yes. Do I like to go to restaurants? Sure. But these are things that I do in a very specific way that still don't seem like, I don't even want to say mainstream, but I don't know. I've, I've been accused by people of ruining the fun, like when I go to parties and stuff. Um, and I'll explain why in a minute, but I was just cracking up because there's an actress who I've always had a heart on for, which I never knew what that expression meant. I used to think it meant you liked somebody, but it means like you can't get them out of your craw. Like they bug you and you're kind of looking for reasons to hate them. Now, as I say that, I realize that that's still not really my personality. Like I really don't like hating people and I really am not emotionally sitting here thinking about this person ever, but there's this actress and I have met her and, and I've worked with her, but she was, and you can easily find her if you can find this article, but she was, uh, in a little quick snippet in the, um, I think it was a New York times magazine or something where she was like, Oh my God, I don't go out. Cause I'm just too awkward. It would just be so much easier for me to stay home and do a puzzle. And I'm like, you are, I know you, you're not awkward. You don't wear a bra and you parade yourself around men to get what you want, which listen, Hey, that's a good thing to do. As long as we know that it's that easy sometimes to get what you want from a man, <laughs> do it girl and girls, but don't be like, Oh, but I'm really awkward. Like, I know we all feel certain ways. I'm sure you know, look at Marilyn Monroe, a, be a stunning beauty, right? It was probably extremely insecure um, and awkward and on pills. And I, I understand that there people are just big bundles of contradictions. I get that. But I don't know. If I was like, I don't know. So I just don't ever want I Seem Fun to come off as phony in terms of me insisting that I'm not fun, but yet, you know, maybe you see me out and about doing things. I'm always like thinking about like, did I take enough vitamins today? And I, and, and, you know, well, if I go out tonight till 12, then I have to get up tomorrow and then I'll have to nap. And then the next night I should probably stay in. Like, 
when my friends text me, like, am I a loser for staying in tonight? I feel like I should go out. I'm like, you went out last night. Like, you can't go out two nights in a row at our age. So I, that's kind of what I mean. And, and I just never want to sound like an actress who's trying to sound relatable by being like, I do puzzles. Because then I feel like she's being condescending to the average person. Like, oh, all those fatty people in the middle of the country, those average nobodies, they'll love this one. Look, look at this shit I'm about to throw out. Hey, I do puzzles like you losers. Like, I don't, <laughs> that's what I think that this girl sounds like. Who are you talking about? Just don't worry about it. But I thought since I call the podcast, I seem fun. And I have mentioned that I don't live a very, you know, drug and alcohol fueled, exciting life that I would maybe talk about some things that I think are fun that other people don't, or that I don't think are fun that other people do. And I, and I asked some of you to send me emails and I'm going to pull those up right now. First of all, of course I go on Twitter and announce that there's an email account. And could you please send me thoughts about what you think is fun that your friends don't, or what your friends think is fun that you don't. And of course people would just tweet me one word like caterpillars. And I'm like, no, get, read the instructions. I mean, how did half of you people get through life, get through school? Like you would go, even in high school, you'd get a syllabus. Like this is what we're going to study this year. And your homework tonight is on page one of the syllabus. You have to go home and read what you have to do and then do it. Like I can't imagine kids today like, well, you didn't tell me. No, it was on the thing. Okay. Okay. So here's, here's one thing I think, and then, and this is where I kind of got this from was, um, there was this, uh, magazine that the, it was New York times magazine. It was okay. Yeah. The cover of it says who made that. And it's just like everything and that's ever been invented and who made it and how it started. And so one of the things I saw was bottle service, which, you know, is that thing where you go to a nightclub and you sit in a certain VIP area and instead of just ordering a drink at a time, you get a bottle of whatever, right? Well, I think I've done that like twice in my life in Las Vegas and it wasn't me who orchestrated it. It was like I was part of a group or when sometimes when you perform there, the, the, the uh, promoters will, you know, just give the comedians that. So, but bottle service, so this is how it started. This is only a paragraph. Um, two promoters at the Tunnel, which I guess is a nightclub in Chelsea, New York City, uh, Mark Baker and Jeffrey Jaw changed the downtown club scene in New York in the early 90s by selling whole bottles of liquor at VIP tables. They imported the notion from a club in Paris where Baker says bottles of Polish military vodka were passed off as brand name booze. In other words, the price gouging has long been part of the idea, even before the 1,000% markups, the 20% gratuities, well, that's normal, and the multi-thousand-dollar minimums to reserve tables. One Las Vegas club offers $250,000 bottle service that includes a 100-pound, 30-liter bottle of Jay-Z's favorite champagne. In the early days of New York, bottle service was an amenity, not a moneymaker. A bottle was priced for the number of cocktails it could pour. See, I like that idea. <clears throat> I'm down with that idea. I don't want to have to keep getting up and getting a drink and standing there. And then the worst thing about being a woman is a guy, like creepy guys can turn anything you're doing into you hitting on them. And you're like, dude, no. Like when I used to live in New York, if a guy was sitting facing you on the subway and the map was behind his head and you were squinting, looking like, now what stop is next? This is before everything was, um, you know, automated with the scrolling red thing. Oh my God, Jen, we, they had subways then. I don't know. Bad joke about my age. Anyway. So the guy would then like, look and make eye contact. They're like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm not looking at you. You weirdo. I'm looking at, is it 14th is next or 21st anyway? But then when you try to, you know, you have one drink and then you go up and get another one and, and you got to squeeze in and, and just like, you know, it's like, I guess, see, but that's, see, I don't think that's fun. The, the, the time of night, when, you know, you go to a bar early with your friends, you're sitting and having drinks 
And then, you know, maybe you you get up and offer to buy a round or something. And then you realize, oh, it's gotten so crowded since we sat down. I don't have, I can't just walk right up to the bar. I kind of have to stand in line. And then as people are leaving the bar, I have to squeeze in sideways. And this guy thinks I'm trying to push up next to him. And he's like, hey, what are you doing? It's like, I'm not here alone. I have two friends at the table. Just, you know, but I think people might like that kind of thing, that kind of meeting new people funness. And it's like... I cannot imagine meeting a stranger. Like it has to be friends of friends or like we're both in the same environment. Even if it's like I go do comedy somewhere and someone's friend is there who's a thing. Like it just has to be somehow connected where there's like a person trail. Does that make sense? I would never, ever, 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 ever meet someone at a club and date them. And I'm not even talking one night staying go home with them. No, of course I wouldn't do that. But I wouldn't even give them my number for them to take me on a series of 10 dates. A, that sounds horrible. I'm not a dating person. But it, it just to meet a stranger, it's like, who do you think is populating all of these true crime shows or, or America's Most Wanted or anything that that guy hosts that used to catch predators and these people are out there. He was so nice. He's a sociopath then probably. Oh my God, you're so negative. Who hurt you? Nothing like that. I'm just, I'm just being realistic about how bizarre it is as a woman to desire to meet a stranger. That is the last thing I want to do. But I think some of my friends like that stuff. Oh, he's cute. I'm like, I guess so. But I'm only just intellectually noticing that someone's cute somewhere. But what am I I'm not going to talk to him? He's a mur- like, I just start with you're a murderer. Prove to me that you're not. And then the more you try to prove it, the more I suspect you, you know? Um, but luckily, I have fascinating groups of friends and friends of friends and friends of friends of friends. So I always get to meet new and interesting people without... Um, and I know the murderer can be the person you know, but it's just my little thing that I have in my head. This episode will be so ironic once I am murdered by someone I know. <laughs> It's not funny. Oh my God, don't murder me. You're sending me to heaven. Anyway, but bottle service, that is a thing that I don't find necessarily fun. Overpaying for things I don't find fun. Although I do like the idea of being roped off at a section and having a definite place to sit. Like nothing makes me feel like I just want to turn around and leave more than going to some kind of dance club. Well, first of all, just going to some kind of dance club, but then getting there, where do I put my purse? Uh, You know, I think there's this meat market mentality where most places you go, a woman walks in and guys assume that you're just there for the grabbing. And I know let's not like, like I had no problem with that show, the pickup artist with that guy, mystery, like as long as nobody's like assaulting anyone, I don't think it's so bad that these guys use the same pickup lines on girls and say dumb things like, oh my God, there's a fight outside when there wasn't, you know, and say like, what's the, what movie is this from? Nobody puts baby in a corner. Like I liked that show and you show up with goggles on your head and all the women swoon and you say weird things to them. Like, when are you buying me a drink? Like, listen, the women are there possibly to just have drinks with their friends. But if you catch their attention and they're gaming and vibing with you, then everyone agrees by virtue of being in a nightclub with young people that part of what might happen that night is an interaction with men. But I'm talking about don't just go up and grab people. And that's what I have noticed happening at, at places. And I, what I don't think is fun is music today. When You know, like I had, um, I, I get, I, I DJed my own wedding, right? That should have been a sign right there that I wasn't that into um, being married because I wanted to spend time by myself DJing. But I made sure to have songs from every generation. But some of the complaints, uh, well, I'm not going to say complaints, but some people say, well, you didn't have a lot of modern music. I think I had like one Kanye West song. But I'm like, well, wouldn't you rather dance to Staying Alive? Isn't that more fun or like a rare George Michael song? I know there's not like a rare George Michael song, but you know what I mean? Vogue. That's fun. We all already know those songs, but not everybody likes every new song. And I, so I hadn't been to a a nightclub in like 10, I don't even know, since the nineties in the nineties and early two thousands when 
I lived in Boston and New York. There was always these lovely clubs where you could go and literally just dance, like dance like a weirdo and no one cares what you look like. And they would play songs to completion, by the way, that were fun and that were, uh, I had a retro feel to them without trying to be too ironic. And I would go and dance with friends. There are a lot of gay guys there. And then about a few years ago, I went to Vegas for something and someone was like, let's go dancing. And I was like, I haven't been dancing in so long. Yes. And I went somewhere and I was horrified. It was so loud that I couldn't even talk to anyone. You have to get up to your friend's ear and scream in it. So already you're not going to have intimate conversation that night. What are you going to, Hey, you know, and then the music, you'd be like, oh my God, it's Michael Jackson. I want to rock with you. And then suddenly it's like, it just turns into some weird DJ mix. And then it's some horrible rap about champagne. No offense, Jay-Z. Not a huge fan of his. I'm a public enemy girl. Um, not that you have to pick a side, but, but I'll take ice cube, iced tea, public enemy any day over like too much like, Hey, my champagne is here. And I, and you know, whatever. So I hate when they mash up songs. The only mashup I like is size <laughs> Gangnam style with too legit to quit by MC hammer. I talked about this on my friend Pete Holmes podcast. It makes me cry. I don't know what it is. You can buy it on iTunes. It's when I saw them do the dance live and I had no idea that formerly washed up debt ridden sweet man, MC Hammer, was going to come out on stage in his hammer pants and do not only a dance, but song mashup with Psy to Gangnam Style. It was beautiful. The songs go great together. But I don't like the new kind of DJing. I don't like not being able to hear people. I don't like the gross guys that go to these places. None of that is fun to me. And when people are like, I'm going out this weekend. I had a friend say recently, you'd love this bar. It's, It's all kinds of cool people. And I went and it was not any kind of cool people. Like, in my head, I pictured like it was nice and quiet and you could sit down and like turn and talk to someone. And my friends always make fun of me, some of my friends, and they go, oh, you're just this Silver Lake person, which if you don't know what that is, it's whatever part of your town where like the ironic guys with the handlebar mustaches live and people are vintage dressing and they're having coffee all day and they're artsy. That's not quite me. I mean, I feel like I'm too old to be ironic, but I like conversation, but I'm not like boring. Like I'd like to have three bottles of wine with some friends and talk all night, but that's as far as I go. Like I don't get antsy. Like let's go to the next place. Let's go to the next place. It's like, no, if I'm out with my friends in one spot, I'm going to stay in that spot. I always get mad when when my girlfriends get super drunk and then they get all like almost like cougary. And they're like, let's go out and meet guys. I'm like, are you kidding me? So I guess I'm just not fun in that way. I also don't think going to movies is fun. I never see movies. I like movies. I do not, especially living in LA. Was New York was different. I used to just walk into a theater. I mean, you can walk into a theater in LA. You don't have to like drive into a theater and park at a seat, but you want to go to a movie. Sometimes the only free time you have is a Friday night then it's a whole thing with parking and then you, you know, you're half an hour into the lot and, and then, I don't know. I don't like sitting with all those people. So I don't like going to the movies. It's opening night of star Wars. I don't care. You know, I don't like anything sci-fi. I don't like fantasy. I don't like anything that doesn't look like people that I could know on the street, like anything with swords or horses or no, but you'd like it. Cause it's a statement on life and love. Then I'll just watch things that are literally about people who are living life and in love or something, you know, like I'm a Woody Allen type person. Like I want to see people talking and obsessing over things. I don't want to, he raped his daughter's wife. I know, I know he's not a role model for anyone, but he hadn't married his daughter when he made Annie Hall. So don't you ever take that movie away from me. Okay. And Michael Jackson hadn't molested anyone when he wrote uh, Thriller. I don't think he had. I'm deciding that that's the cutoff. Anyway, I, it's just not my thing, you know? I, and I and actually, for me, I like staying in on Friday nights because I'm telling you, in the middle of the work week, I'll be like, let's go out tonight to whoever's listening. And I might go out for a little bit. And then I get tired the next day. And then I have this nice, sleepy feeling. And on Friday, I'm like... Well, I had my fun this week. I'm going to stay in, watch a little real time with Bill Maher, read some magazines. This is if I'm not on the road, right? 
I'll throw laundry in so that it's done so that I wake up Saturday morning with fresh laundry that I don't have to do that, do that weekend. I know on paper, if you said some woman sat at home, watched a political show and did laundry, you'd feel bad for her. You'd assume she had a cat, which is, I, I do not, by the way. And I don't know when cat became the symbol for loser. Like to me, a cat is very punk rock. A cat is like, fuck off. Literally like someone who just comes out and spits at the audience. Why do you like me? Why are you here? And then they snuggle up to you if they want. And they're totally self-sufficient. And they may or may not deal with you. Very independent people. The people I know that have cats are extremely independent people. The people I know that have dogs are... are they need something to come home and jump on them. So I'm just wondering why dog people don't have the same loser thing as cats. Cause dog people have to get up at 5am if I'm right. So that's why it's like, so let's say, you know, your boyfriend has a dog. You're waking up at 5am cause he's rolling out of bed to walk the dog or he's leaving your place. He can't even stay over cause he has a dog. That, why is that not a loser? To me, that seems like a loser. Like, is it me or the dog? The cat, and he can stay over for three weeks. The cat doesn't even know he's not there. So let's just rethink that. Lonely cat lady. No, independent cat lady. Lonely dog lady. Whose dog just licking her face and stuff. Cats don't lick your face, French kiss you. Anyway. Those are the, some of the things that I don't think are fun that, that most people do. You know, sports. I do not like sports. I liked the Red Sox when they were losing really badly and then winning really wonderfully. It was such an emotional high and I got caught up in it and I talked about it on another episode and that was about it. And I do enjoy, like I love, I think basketball has a very balletic quality, but I love the ballet. I do not know one person I can go to the ballet with. I go by myself to the ballet a couple times a year. I have tried to bring people. They talk through it. They think intermission. Can we just leave? I get it. I'm like, are you kidding? It's Swan Lake. I, I don't mind going to the ballet alone. And people have been like, what a loser. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't find it that I find that you're a loser that you can't not go to brunch because you can't just maybe learn about a bit. That's the other thing I think with people is I don't try to force what I like on other people. The, the type of people that are like, why are you doing that? That's so weird. You're so different. Do what I'm doing. No. See, I'm not telling you to do what I'm doing. I'm just telling you what I'm doing. You're the one telling me not to do what I'm doing, telling me to do what you're doing. And yet you will never try what I'm doing. I have tried what you're doing. I don't like the clubs. I don't like sports bars in the afternoon where everyone's like, yeah, it's a feeling of camaraderie. Guess what else is a feeling of camaraderie? Turn the damn TV off, sit and look your friends in the eyes and fucking talk to them. I'm doing that, but we're just watching other people throw balls around. So anyway, I, I know that that's kind of, you know, that's kind of me. And when I'm on the road, forget about it. I am the least fun. Sometimes, every once in a while, I love a big dinner, a big dinner with lots of conversation. But sometimes to me, the most fun thing to do is eat like an early dinner, get your buzz, then have a lot of food, then go to bed at like 10 and just sleep 10 hours if you can. And I know most people think the opposite's fun, but I don't, I can't stay up till five in the morning because I get too hungover the next day and then my whole day is shot. Okay. Here's some things people, people wrote. So some people who can actually read directions, um, wrote to me. By the way, before I get to the emails, I want to say I was just this past weekend at the Wilco Solid Sound Festival in North Adams, Massachusetts. Thank you to Wilco and John Hodgman for booking me and allowing me to do comedy there. And Al Madrigal and Reggie Watts were so funny. And I just think, I hope everyone knows who these people are and you should look them up and enjoy their comedy. I know you know Wilco, they're a band. But um, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. And, and the audiences are wonderful. We did shows at noon and at four. And there was like 800 people there. It was wonderful. Not, I'm not saying for me. It was, 
it was all fans of, of John and Alan Reggie, but it, it was wonderful. And, uh, there was one guy who heckled me and was wearing shorts and I brought him up on stage and I called his father and asked his father why he, uh, raised his son to be so rude. But I wouldn't encourage heckling at shows. It's not funny. It's always a white guy. It's just like, just like with people who go on mass shooting sprees, it's always a white guy. Women tend to shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? They tend to, uh, not need so much. They might need attention. They might, you know, go out and put sparklers on their head and, have a bachelorette party, but now all right, I take it back. Men and women heckle equally, but men heckle in a certain way that I hate where I was just starting one of my jokes. I was like, so anyway, and this guy goes, really? Not like he was judging, like really, or like, really you're going there. He literally was like having a call and response conversation because he thought it would be cute. And then when I shut him down and asked him if he could repeat what he said and why he felt the need to speak, he couldn't answer. So why do you do that? Then I look like an angry bitch. And then the show is over. It's not over, but then I have to get the energy back up. Why would you do that to a comedian? Anyone who does, you do not scream out on stage when someone's performing. I know it's comedy, but it's like, think about it like sex. Don't rape the people up there. Rape joke, rape culture. I'm just saying like, if you're on a date with someone and the woman puts her her hand on yours, let her take the lead. Respond in kind, but don't just then like stick your foot up her pussy under the table. What? You put your hand on me. No, it's like, you know, I might ask the audience a question. Hey, who's married here? It doesn't mean now everyone keeps screaming out different things throughout the rest of that. You cannot blame the comedian and go, you asked us something first. That's part of our performance. You have to be quiet and laugh. If that offends you, if you feel you have more to say and the world needs to hear it, by all means, get up, leave the theater, start your own open mic next door. Absolutely. But don't scream out during comedians. I know it may end up being a wildly funny thing that could happen, but the comedian is not happy. They feel bad about acting shitty and they wanted to work on their actual act, which is what they have wanted to do for a living their whole life. And you audience has the power to make it awesome and worth their while or the power to really ruin it. So you pick who you want to be. I can't tell you. I can hint though, but the passive aggressive way my voice is going Anyway, file that festival under fun. Oh, but here's my point. Oh, I'll tell it at the end. Okay, so Brian writes me, I'm single. Oh, what a loser. I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm totally kidding. I'm single and I go out to eat frequently alone. I don't know if you've noticed or thought about it, but hostesses in larger groups of diners don't always seem thrilled to see me. Well, that is, Brian, that is your projection. I actually live by probably a stupid sense of well-being where it's just a little game I play in my head where I just assume, I don't assume anything, but I assume if I had to pick when I walk into a room that everyone's happy to see me or at the very least neutral. It's just the best way to live because even if you're wrong, even if everyone hates you, so what? You walked in feeling like everyone wanted you to be there. That feels good. Don't be like stupid and walk into a room you're not invited to and be like, everyone loves me. But if you walk into a room where you don't know anyone, just assume that the thoughts are good. You know, I I don't know what that means. They always don't seem thrilled to see me, but all right. So Brian continues on a couple occasions. I've entered a restaurant that's quite busy and told the host, Brian party of one. And I'd like a booth please. And subsequently received a not too thrilled look. Okay, Brian, you can't take a booth. First of all, I enjoy that this is really not an email about what he thinks is fun that other people don't. It's he likes to eat alone in a booth. And some waitress who is trying to make a living is not going to make as much money. She's going to make three times less because you're sitting in a booth. Yeah, if you want to eat out alone, he said, okay, so he says, am I not a paying customer? You are. Not the owner though. So you got to go pay your money to establishments that run their businesses how they want. And you keep searching until you find the one that lets you sit in a booth. Maybe go at off hours. Am I not allowed to enjoy a comfy dinner on a cushion rather than a hard chair? Single people don't always want to cook and want a nice meal out. Well, so do families. And if they have to stand there waiting because some single guy's in a booth taking up space some white guy who just thinks he can do whatever he wants, you know, why don't you 
bring, get one of those things for your butt, like a little cushion and bring that with you and put it on the chair. I've also experienced, now I didn't mean to shit on this guy, but I'm, I'm not on his side so far. I do understand do I hate eating alone and people keep asking me if I'm okay. And I feel like they're asking like, no, no, are you emotionally okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm probably like, see my life and just like anybody's, I guess is so, um, just because you see me eating dinner alone doesn't mean that like a hot male model didn't come over earlier in the day and we had some fun and then maybe he had to go do something. And then I was just like, well, I'm going to read my book and I'll, I'll take my Kindle to the restaurant. You know, like what if that's what happened? But no one knows that. But unless you're sitting there holding hands or passive aggressively ignoring your husband or my favorite couples who are pretending they're not fighting at the table, unless you're that, you're not normal in society. (gasps) She must be lonely. Or maybe she's got some really wild off hour kick-ass life. Anyway, so Brian continues. I've also experienced a group of diners enter the restaurant and they see me taking up a whole booth and there are no available tables large enough to accommodate their party. If we make eye contact, I get a look like, why can't you sit at the small table since you're alone? (laughs) I agree with them. I'm sorry. I don't think they're thinking you're worth less because you're single. And I don't even think they're reading into the fact that you're single, like unmarried or undating. I think they're like, huh? That doesn't make any sense. There's room there, but we technically can't sit down. So this is my solution, Brian. If you want that booth, fine. But you need to tell the hostess, if people come in, they can sit with me and see if you are comfortable sitting with them. But I don't think your theory, I think you have some weird resentments right there. Like I had something happen to me. I went to New York City, um, a year and a half ago over Labor Day. I had a meeting I had to go to and I thought I'll just stay the whole weekend. It's Labor Day. And I didn't even like check in with my friends who live in New York. And once I got there, I texted them and all of them were away doing separate things. And I was like, Oh, I'm in New York by myself, which is great. You know, I love it there. So I took my magazine and I went to like a wine bar and I went early. It was like five 30. I had some wine, some cheese. I was going to be there all night. I mean, I would have had like a bunch more wine. I probably would have spent a good amount of money. And so sitting alone at the bar, I probably would have tipped well. But I was reading a Vanity Fair front, front, to, front to cover, as they don't say. And this guy sits next to me. And I think, here we go. He's sitting on me. And he's like, do you like that wine? What kind is it? I'm like, oh, I don't know. The bartender just recommended it. Um, so I call the bartender over and go, will you tell this guy what, what I'm drinking? He likes it. Uh, I don't know what kind of red it is. And then the guy says something to me like, are you getting another one? So now I'm thinking, oh, he's going to try to buy me a wine and I just don't want to have to talk to him. I'm reading my vanity fair. And I said, um, yeah, yeah, I'm probably going to get another one. He goes, oh, okay. Because you know, yeah, my girlfriend and I want to sit together, but the bar's full and you seem like you've been here a while and she'd love a seat. Like basically I'm in a couple, we're sitting down now, you move. And I was like, oh, and then the bartender kind of gave me a look like, yeah. And I was like, well, you know what? He will make more money starting over with these two people than he will with me. Who's going to leisurely sit here and drink another glass or two. You know, he's, what's he going to get 24 more dollars out of me, but he would have gotten at least a hundred more out of them. And I knew that's the rules and that's the way they ran the establishment. So I, I moved aside. Now I didn't have to, they weren't going to like arrest me, but I knew it would just make everyone's life easier. I had my time there. That was it. So Brian, I don't know what to tell you. I, I think people are definitely weird. Sometimes when people eat alone, some people think it's sad, but your email is a whole other trip. So, um, maybe you can work on it. Okay. This guy, Aaron, I like to practice voice impersonations, mostly until someone I'm not familiar with comes into the room. Eventually, I'd like to do voiceover work, I suppose. Okay, well, th- I can't help this guy. I know he's not asking me for help in the voiceover world, but the voiceover world is a bitch to get into. The only times I've done voiceovers are when my own friends had their own shows, and they're like, Jen's voice is interesting. Do you want to come in for a session? but it didn't even get me an agent. I went to meet with a voiceover agent 
having played three different characters on a very popular cartoon show. And he goes, so have you done commercials? I go, no, but I could try and you could play them the tape of my voice here. And he goes, uh, no, I mean, it's like the hard, I've tried to get like four voiceover agents. Then I got one and I went in for commercial auditions and they're like, yeah, basically the same three people get all the commercials, but everyone can waste their time, find parking, um, waste an entire day at 3 PM, sit in traffic for an hour each way and come upstairs for a five minute audition. If you want to do that every day instead of have a job. And I was like, no, thanks. So <clears throat> I'm not even going to finish this guy's email, but it seems like he likes to sit doing voice impersonations by himself, um, which I relate to. I'm talking by myself into a podcast. I feel like, okay. This person hates Seinfeld and all of her peers love it. That's how I feel about, uh, family guy. And I have good friends that write on family guy. I don't hate it. I just don't watch it. Like I watch like two things cause I'm just not a big uh, sit down and watch TV or, but not in an intellectual way. I, I think TV is like the greatest thing ever. And I work on a sh- TV show. So I just like, it's just more of a lifestyle. I can't sit still thing. Um, and not that people who watch family guy are overly sitting still. It's, it's just maybe the one show they pick to watch. I've got a couple other ones I watch. That's it. But I, when people are like, remember when Stewie said this? And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to feel like, oh, you don't. It's so funny. I believe that it's funny. I know the people writing it. They are funny. It is funny. I just don't feel like it. Like, I just don't know, even know what else to say. I just don't feel like it. It doesn't seem, seem like my cup of tea. I'll probably get fired from showbiz for that. So if anyone is listening from showbiz, edit that out. Somebody says, uh, Christine writes, I hate every pop song that is some variation of life is short. Let's party it up at the club. We might die tomorrow. YOLO culture is giving people permission to act like idiots. Yes, that is absolutely true. Prince said, we're going to party like it's 1999, but he gave you stuff to think about. He was always singing about the afterlife and somebody has a mommy. Why does everybody have a bomb? That's a fun lyric to dance to. Mommy, why does everybody have a bomb? It's a, it's a beautiful sentiment from, from a childlike perspective of why are we forced by the people that control us, our governments, our people that start wars that we want nothing to do with. They control our life and death in a way. Only the creator, the non-creator, the universe, the randomness of the human body can start and stop our lives. But beyond that, if we're not killed by natural causes, we very well could be bombed by other nations, our own nation, just foolishness, right? And that's clear in Prince's song. Tonight I'm going to party like it's 1999, not because I want to, because I have to, because you people are making bombs. But I know what this girl means with these songs, with these songs today, with the up in the club. It's like, you know what? You're making an excuse to go to the club. So you're like, when you only live once, you're not even living. You're just, well, maybe that's living. Whom I, I'm talking, I'm in my bedroom talking into things. Someone else says uh, they don't like anything that requires cold temperatures, skiing, snowboarding, snowshoeing, camping in the cold, and having to bathe in a fucking freezing lake. I don't even know what that is. Wait, when you camp, you have to bathe in a lake? I've, I didn't even know that people camped in cold weather. I don't understand that at all. I hate when the snow lands around me involuntarily. (laughs) What? I hate the snow when it lands around me involuntarily. I am in love with these emails. These people hate things that are so beyond your control. I mean, I don't know how the snow is going to land otherwise in a more orderly fashion. (laughs) I mean, I can't stand snow either, but I never had a problem with the way it fell around me. I just didn't like that it was there all wet and freezing. All my friends want to go sledding and building snowmen and shit. And I'm like, I want to sit by a fireplace with a hot toddy. (laughs) It sounds like an eight year old is writing me because her friends want to go sledding and build snowmen and she wants a hot toddy. And I know she's not eight because I can see her picture. Um, and she's a lovely young woman, but I'm cracking up because (laughs) You should not be friends with these people anyway. Anyone who wants to sled and build a snowman, unless they have kids and they're doing it with their children and for their children and complaining all the way. Of course you should go sit 
by the fireplace with a hot toddy. But you should also just never go meet new, whoever the other people are by the fireplace with a hot toddy, assuming you're at a ski resort, talk to them. Those are your new friends. These people sledding and building a snowman, let them get frostbite and have to eat each other. Bunch of weirdos. Here activities I can't get on board with. This is Kevin. Getting married and having kids. For a frame of reference, I'm 23. Seems a bit premature. Yeah, that is kind of premature. I, I hate to say you'll change your mind. You might not. But I hope if people your age are getting married and having kids, that seems young. Although, Kevin, when you're my age, I, I never wanted kids. And I, I didn't want marriage either, but I somehow convinced myself that I did. And then I got out of it. So I guess I don't. But... um. If I was the type to get married and have kids, now that I'm almost 40, if I had had a kid at 23, they would be 17 almost by now, and I'd be really happy to be the age I am, feeling as young as I do, knowing I had a kid going to college and I had like 20 more years to still go to Europe and stuff. So in a way, I get why people have kids young, because they'll still be pretty young when their kids are older. But that still sounds awful. Anyway, he says, some of my more, quote, masculine peers place great importance on going out and getting pussy, yo. They like going to clubs where it's really crowded and uncomfortable and loud. And then they spit game. Oh, I don't know what this is. AKA lie, it says, at girls in an attempt to eventually see them naked. I just don't see the value in it. Best case scenario, you get to have sex with someone, which is cool and everything. But I'd say it's hard to justify spending that much on alcohol for sex, says Kevin. Well, whoa, 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 Kevin. Now I have a theory. Even casual sex has a contract. You know, you gotta you gotta make a lady feel good. Take her out to a hotel for the night, right? Do something fun like that. Now I'm not saying all the time, don't treat her like a prostitute, but I understand sex should be free and, and it is in a way, and people should do it and have a good time, but um and be safe and all that. But Yes, I know what you mean. Just to drink overpriced drinks all night, hoping you might get laid. When you could just maybe, again, go to one of these coffee shops that I get accused of hanging out at and uh, talk to some people and, you know, fall into bed naturally and, and all for under $5. But if you are in a lover kind of relationship with a lady, every once in a while, it's just she's just going to go, will you take me somewhere, please? I just want to see you pay some money for something. I, I keep hearing about your gadgets you're buying for your computer. Well, one night in a hotel, buddy. One 800 count, thread count sheets one night. So just keeping that in your mind, Kevin, because you're young, 23. Okay. Worst case scenario, unwanted pregnancy, diseases, angry boyfriend attack. <laughs> oh, I see. If you, <clears throat> I'm assuming, okay, so now he's invented this theory that he's going to sleep with some girl who has a boyfriend who's going to get angry at him. Ending up on the other side of town, no shoes and no ride. Maybe I'm just lazy and bitter. Who knows? I don't think you're lazy. I think you have a very active imagination. And I like that the downside of casual sex for you is that <laughs> you will die of a disease, get attacked by someone's boyfriend, be on the other side of town with no shoes and no ride. I mean, I don't know if you don't have a car, but um, or maybe you're responsible and you just don't drink and drive. But I think there's a happy medium. I think you're right, Kevin. I think uh, you don't need to get married. But um, go out and get pussy, yo, is uh, these are men who are not comfortable with their feelings. They don't feel they could get women on their own um, personalities. So they get drunk, even if they're good looking, they get drunk. They find an equally drunk girl. They roll around. They feel they've conquered something. They don't even remember what they did. It's not that fun. You know, you, Kevin, seem like a nice kid. Go out where you can meet women that you like vibing with and talking to. You'll get into a sexual relationship with them. You'll have a good time. I, I think you'll get to keep your shoes. And um, and you don't have to get married with kids, you know. I feel, I feel sorry for, it seems some weird thing is happening in the 20-something community where they're regressing to the 50s. And everyone is wanting to get married and have kids. But then again, again, as I say, when you're my age, you might appreciate getting that out of the way. Or you might be so exhausted that when you're my age, you don't feel my age. You feel 70. Okay, Victoria says, I like to go to vacation concerts shopping on my own. I even enjoy taking a book and going to lunch on my own. 
I never found this odd until one day I mentioned it to my hairstylist that I was going to take a three-day weekend and drive down the Oregon coast. She was shocked and completely amazed I was driving alone and not meeting anyone. Well, I'm only shocked by that because I'm afraid of getting murdered and I don't like driving on freeways and cars by myself. But I love the idea of doing that alone. I'm, uh, I'm going to be in Paris alone for one day in uh, September. Um, well, for half the day, I'm meeting an old friend from high school. She happens to be there in business the same time I am. So, but I'm excited about that. And, and, and I've told people and they're like, oh my God, isn't that sad? Don't you want a man to go with you? I'm like, well, even if I had a man in my life, I can't go, I have to go to London on business and I'm going to go to Paris for a day. Why don't you fly to Paris for 24 hours? Like, what am I, I mean, I'm not like, oh my God. Look, I'm in Paris, the most wonderful city in the world that I love, and I'm learning the language. But I wish that someone's sweaty balls were here. It's like, no, I don't. It doesn't matter to me if there's a guy there or not. It doesn't make or break things. It makes me feel really cool and special to walk around and go, I'm all by myself. This is really cool. Young me would like this. Picture five-year-old you. Did five-year-old you dream of places and dream of only going to them with other people? Or did she just dream of the places and how it might feel to be in them, you know? I also don't like going to concerts that much, unless it's like people I'm obsessed with. Um, But I don't just go see like a random, like, my friend's band is playing. I'm like, are any of them single and cute? Okay, I'll go. If not... That's not true. Actually, I, see, I do see a lot of music. I think that's kind of a nice thing to go do. Ignore I said that. Forget, edit that out. Okay. I think that's it. Jen or other reader. I love when people think that I have someone reading this for me. I should just pretend I do. Things her friends love, but she hates. Staying at home and being a mom 24-7. I need my adult life to keep me sane. Pinterest. (laughs) I've never really gone on Pinterest. I like the way it looks though, but shoe shopping. No, thanks. I'll pass. I don't want to see your wrecked feet. Yeah. I never went shopping with girlfriends like shopping day. I like shopping online. I look at things. I go, that's cool. I order a bunch of stuff. It comes to my office. I try it on in the bathroom. Anything that doesn't fit, I put it right in the box. They've got packing tape at work. It's free shipping. I throw it in the thing. Someone picks it up. I do not want to spend a Saturday going to a mall shopping. I don't like looking at myself in fluorescent lights in the uh, mirrors. I don't want to be with someone and to have them tell me what looks good on me. I don't want to watch my friend shop. It just seems so boring. And ugh. And this woman also doesn't like Fifty Shades of Grey. She says she's fulfilled in other ways that are reality-based. I guess she's into S&M and doesn't need to read about it. All right. So it seems like a lot of us people that listen to my podcast and I include myself in it because I do have to listen to it before I decide to put it up. I can't believe I just admitted that because if you ever think any of these are awful, you're like, I can't believe you let that up. But anyway, yeah, I think, I think the, the basic theme here is, um, there's this forced upon us culture of fun, the bottle service, the YOLO, the night out at the club, the music that sounds like air raid signals. It's this kind of like, that might be okay for 18 year olds or something, but I feel like people in their thirties and forties are being forced to act like that's appropriate for them too. And that anything else is boring. Like I never understood why conversation, travel, some good coffee, some good wine, why that's boring. I mean, you can still do it with good looking people and, you know, play footsie under the table. What was boring about that? But I don't know. I seem funners. I hate to call you that. I'm never going to do it again. I think we're on the same page on this one. But as this podcast keeps going, I like to hear either things you think are fun that no one else does. And tell me what your people say to you. Like, tell me the reactions you get or things that, um, other people do that you don't think are fun or did I say that already? The, the email address is I seem fun at gmail.com. Anyway, one of the, that I was going to tell you before is, so my weekend going to the solid sound festival and performing involved 
just because of various schedule restrictions and things, I had to take Southwest. I had to take connecting flights. The morning I left, I was not out, wasted the night before. I, I, I did go out the night before I left. I had dinner with friends, some wine. Saw a little bit of a concert, had a beer there. But that was it. It was not a big... Uh, and I know I always say I don't drink beer, but this one looked refreshing. It was hot and humid summertime night. Anyway, but I made sure, you know, don't get drunk because nothing worse than being hungover on a plane. And I had like a seven-hour travel day. But I get really car sick. I don't like sitting in the backseat of cars. I don't like taking Dramamine. I just try to avoid it. But I had a car service taking me from Massachusetts to the airport in Albany, New York. And I did the dumbest thing in the world, which was take my vitamins and then walked across the street to get what I thought was going to be like a big breakfast sandwich, like a egg and cheese melt or something. But the place I went to, since the town was overrun with people coming to the festival, it was overrun with people. So I couldn't wait in line because my car was waiting for me. So I just grabbed a yogurt and bought that really quick instead of waiting in the prepared food line. And I got in the car and I was eating yogurt on an empty stomach with vitamins in it as it was already whipping and winding down roads. And then I closed my eyes and I got that feeling and I was like, oh my God. And I wanted to Google, can you hold and throw up? Will it kill you? But I couldn't even look at my phone. And I was like, I'm going to throw up. And I, at least 45 minutes went by. And the guy could probably see my face. And I was like sweating and I had my eyes shut. He goes, wild night last night? I'm like, no, no. And I go, excuse me, sir, you need to pull over. I'm going to throw up, which is a nice thing to say. Except by the time I said, sir, I was already like vomiting in my carry-on bag. So he's like, oh my God. And he pulls over and he was so nice. I imagine this is what it feels like to be a guy when a woman says this to you. He goes, don't worry, it's normal, it happens all the time. And I'm like, oh, okay, really? So I'm in someone's driveway, standing up, bent over, just throwing up. And then he handed me a bunch of napkins. And I love that he had a bunch of napkins. Maybe it does happen all the time. And I just threw the napkins over the puke, like to cover it up. <laughs> like almost like a... Like it was dead, you know, I was covering the puke's face. And then I got in the back of the car and he said, why don't you get in the front seat? That's normally what people do after they've been sick. And I sat in the front seat, air conditioning blasting in my face. We made small talk about trees and I got to the airport. And I felt awful on the flight home. And then that was it. But I was so afraid. I just kept going, I'm not drunk. I'm not drunk. And he was like, okay, I know people get car sick. But I have this weird guilt about, I just don't want to ever throw up in someone's car in a way that's like, I could have prevented this if I didn't go out like a chump last night. You know, does that make sense? So I don't even want to seem fun to the guy. I mean, I think he probably would have loved to hear a good, hey, I was up all night story and then woo, really hung over. But it really was just a young lady who was car sick. Well, that was an amazing story, I know. Oh, I just keep thinking of the people whose driveway I puked in. Somewhere near Albany, New York, someone went out for their New York Times. and look, I'm sure they didn't look under the napkin like, ooh, did somebody leave muffins? Oh, my goodness, this is puke. I'm sure they just were like, oh, God, some drunk teenager threw up in the driveway. I don't think they're like, I bet some late 30s woman took some vitamins on an empty stomach, meant to get an egg sandwich and got a yogurt instead, and got car sick. But if that person is listening, that is what happened. Okay, now I'm starting to feel like Michael Jackson tapes on propofol again. I'm still tired. This is the end of the podcast. I talked a lot on this one. I don't even know if this one makes any sense. Oh, they're probably getting worse and worse. Well, it's just for fun, right? And some of you fucking weirdos do think this is fun. Here's the deal. JenKirkman.com is my website. On there, you can buy my book, the audio version. I read it myself. Or the hardcover version or the Kindle version. It's called I Can Barely Take Care of Myself. I was very sad. Somebody sent me an email saying that their friend unfriended them on Facebook and said, I can't believe you support that woman who hates kids and wrote that book. That really bums me out. I support kids in other countries through charity. I do a lot of work um, for kids whose moms are in prison. I do charity, a pajama charity and book charity. Every year I buy 
a lot of money worth of toys for kids um, who are homeless for Christmas. I do vitamin programs. So it really pisses me off when people say that I hate kids. I probably do more for more kids than my friends who just have one kid and dote on them. So go fuck yourself, whoever that is. And uh, for the rest of you, I think you'll like my book if you can drop the goddamn defense that a woman wrote a comedic memoir about how she's not a mom. Lighten up, people. I know I'm the one who just told someone to go fuck themselves, but I'm very tired. Uh, I am coming to Montreal Comedy Festival at the end of July. It's all on my website, jenkirkman.com, under tour dates. I'm doing my one-person show, which is just an hour of stand-up called I Can Barely Take Care of Myself in support of my book tour. It's a very small theater. Yes, I know my show is at the same time as Sarah Silverman's gala. I don't know what to do about it. So the two people that can't get into Sarah's show, come see me. I'm also doing the Joan Rivers Gala that same night. Um, it's all on my website. And Austin, Texas, I'm coming September 14th to the Scottish Rite Theater. It's one show. So please come buy tickets in advance if you can. Otherwise, I, I don't know if people are coming or not. London, I'll be at the Soho Theater in September. I don't think tickets are on sale yet, but just go to my website. You'll see all the info there. Bloomington, Indiana, I'm coming in October. All of this is on my website. Come here, come there. All my tour dates are booked. I have a full-time job. These are the only times a year I could get off, so I can't come anywhere else this year, but thank you for asking. Oh, that's it. I love you all. Keep listening. If you want to give this five stars on iTunes, please do, and you can write, I am fun, as this week's private message between you and me. No, 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 don't. Right? I puked under some napkins in your driveway. Sorry. That's going to be your review. Five stars. Okay. Until next week, have fun. 